Welcome to Creative Rising, my friend, a show about what it's really like to run a photography business. I am Erin Youngren, and this right here is the very first episode of season three. This is incredibly exciting for me to make it to season three with this show. I am so incredibly proud of the first two seasons that we put out there with Creative Rising. And if you are a creative that's listening right now, if you're a wedding photographer, then you know that being proud of the creative work that you put out there is everything, am I right? And one thing that makes me especially proud is we had so many incredible guests that took a chance on this show. Amazing people from an amazing industry. And if you haven't heard those amazing guests, people like Dane Sanders, Caitlin James, Mary Morantz, Duke Cotaverdian, Shay Cochran, and so many other incredible people with wonderful hearts and so much to share. If you haven't heard them, you need to go back and listen to those episodes. After this episode, scroll back to the previous seasons and take a look at those episodes. You are going to love them. So thank you so much for being on this journey with me. It really means the world that you are listening and that you have shared this podcast with your friends because that is how we have gotten the most amazing listeners to this show. When cool people like you share this show with other cool people that you know. If you are a wedding photographer and you know other great wedding photographers or wedding professionals or really just creative entrepreneurs, then share this show with them and they are going to love it. All right, today, this is a very special episode, not only because it's the first one of season three, but it's also the first episode of a brand new decade. This episode is being released in January of 2020. The holiday season has already wrapped up. We just celebrated New Year's and we are all getting back into the swing of things here at the studio. And we're all looking at this brand new year ahead of us, which feels really fresh and exciting, right? I mean, I know that I usually feel incredibly hopeful at the beginning of a new year. I feel a sense of possibility. I look ahead and I think about all of the plans that I have and all of the things that I want to accomplish. But here's the thing. Life doesn't change just because the calendar does, right? Life is still demanding. Even though I feel like it's a totally clean slate, the day-to-day demands don't actually change, right? There are still a million things that are pulling at all of us from a million different directions. So the big question that plagues so many of us wedding photographers and all of us creative entrepreneurs is how do I actually get done what I want to get done? So nod with me as you're listening to this, whether you're driving in the car or you're working out or you're editing photos or whatever it is that you're doing right now as you're listening, I want you to nod your head if you feel like you have too much to do and not enough time to do it. And you feel that at least 50% of the time. Okay, it's not like you feel this way all of the time, but overwhelm is definitely a common experience for you. And this is where we're all at right? Like I am nodding my head with you because that experience is one that I had in my business for so many years. Time management is a struggle. 
Okay. Life is busy. And so often it feels like there's too much to do and not enough time to do it. And I want to acknowledge that struggle. And no matter who you are or what life stage you're in, if you are a wedding photographer or an entrepreneur and you run your own business and really anybody, time management is a very difficult thing. And the pressures that you feel as a wedding photographer, the pressures to achieve, the pressure to grow your business, the pressure to show up how you think you should be showing up or how you feel like everyone else is telling you how you should show up, all of that is so very real. So if you are struggling with overwhelm, if you're constantly feeling like you're behind on all of your tasks, if you feel like there's no way you're ever going to clear your email inbox, much less get to those back burner projects that you know you should get to, but you've given up on because you're like, when am I going to have the time? I can't even clear my email inbox. Then you are not alone and you are not crazy. In this episode, I'm going to share with you three simple rhythms of time management that I have come to rely on. And I believe that these rhythms that I'm going to share with you, these practices, I believe they ring true for any stage of life and any kind of wedding photography business, whether you're working on your business full-time and it's your only thing you've got going on, or it's a side hustle and you have another job as well, whether you have kids or you don't, whether you have a team or a business partner or you're a solopreneur. And I know that that's a big claim to make, that these time management practices and these rhythms work for anybody as a wedding photographer, but I want you to hear me out, okay? I have experienced dramatically different stages of life in our business, okay? We got our business off the ground when it was a side hustle and we had our corporate jobs. That was the first three to four years of our business. Then we quit our jobs and we ran our business with no kids, no mortgage, no team for a lot of years. Then we acquired a team and now we have a team and we're parents and we have a mortgage, okay? When we bought our commercial studio, Bauman Photographers, back in 2012, and we went from doing whatever we wanted, whenever we wanted, to leading a team, it really forced me to figure out how to manage my time better. Because honestly, guys, I kind of sucked at it before that. I'm, I'm being really honest. Like, I could just do whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted, and I just did not manage my time very well. I spent a lot of time doing stuff that I could have got done a lot more efficiently. And I especially know that now that I have kids. All of you parents out there know what I'm talking about. Now that I have such little time to get things done, I'm like, wow, I could have been so much more efficient before I had kids. What was I doing? But thankfully, over the course of those years of running running our studio without having a child, when I could work as much as I wanted, I developed at that time some really powerful time management practices that have seriously served me well now that I have a son and I'm only working two days a week because that's how much I work. Two days a week plus a couple of hours on the other days. That's it. Nothing like the hours I used to work before having a family. So the demands and the responsibilities in our life, they have always been growing for us and they're going to keep growing. Because as we get older, and if we hopefully have more kids, which Jeff and I would love to have more kids if we can, 
we are going to have more demands on our time. Everything I hear from parents with multiple kids or parents that have kids of school age is that those years are crazy busy. If you're a parent of multiple kids, I send all my love and all my respect your way because your life is challenging. So I know that I have some demanding years ahead of me and I will not fully get what it's like until I am there, just like I had no idea what it was like having one kid until I got here. But my hope, my intention that I have developed over my years of running this business is that I want to establish good habits now and I want to be in the consistent practice of healthy discipline now so that I can handle the current demands on my time and handle them well, but also to prepare me for the bigger demands that are to come. I don't want to get to that next stage and crumble because I didn't practice healthy time management while things weren't as demanding. Plus, guys, I just don't want to live in a perpetual state of overwhelm, right? Give me an amen if you feel the same way. I don't want to experience constant stress. That kind of life, it isn't worth it to me. It is not life-giving. Why am I choosing to run my own business if that business just steals my joy all the time? Okay, it doesn't have to be that way. Success and stress don't have to go hand in hand. And I am living proof of that fact. Right now, I am the mom of a toddler working two days a week, running a large commercial studio that just brought in, remember, we're at the turn of the year. This last year, we just brought in well over half a million dollars last year, and I don't experience anywhere near the same level of overwhelm and stress that I did when I worked 60 hours a week with no kids and no mortgage and no team. Okay, I feel more satisfied and more stress-free than ever, and that shouldn't make sense considering the life stage and the business stage that I'm in, but it's because I have developed these time management habits that I want to share with you. Okay, I'm going to walk you through the three rhythms of time management that I use to eliminate overwhelm, stay focused, and get it all done. I am so excited to share this with you. The first rhythm that I practice is permission. You need to give yourself permission to be in control of your time. And as soon as I say that, I know that you may get really super tense and really skeptical about what I'm going to say, especially if you have kids and especially if those kids are school age, because the reality is that when you have kids, your time does not feel like your own at all. So let me explain, okay? This rhythm of permission is about your mindset. And in this episode, I want to focus on your mindset about your business in particular. So leave your family time aside for a minute, even though these rhythms and these practices work for your personal time as well, we're gonna focus on business, okay? Let's talk about the time that you have for your work. It is so common for wedding photographers to allow the needs of their clients to take over and to determine their time for them. But here's the thing. Your clients do not control your time. 
Your inbox does not control your time. The needs of your staff, if you have one, do not control your time. All of those demands are real. Okay, clients do need things from you. Inquiries need to be responded to. Images need to be edited and delivered. All of those things are pulling at you and they are demanding. But if you are in a place where you feel like you're blaming your clients or you're blaming your email or blaming your business in general for the fact that you don't have time to do what you really want to do, Like you blame your clients for being high maintenance, and that's why you didn't get your website rebranded this year, then you need to work on shifting your mindset because at its core, that is a victim mindset. And you are choosing to be a victim of the demands of your business. You are choosing to let your business be in control. Now, that can be a really challenging thing to hear. Because these victim mindsets run really deep. Believe me, I have been there and I was there for a lot of years where I blamed my business for the fact that I was unhappy. And unraveling yourself from a business that has taken over your life, that is not easy. I had to go through it and it was a challenge. But it is worth every second of unraveling yourself from that, okay? Here's an example, okay? I used to get really annoyed that I spent so much time answering what I felt like were unnecessary questions for my brides. I spent all day on email and it was sucking me dry and it made me really cranky. What I had to realize though is that I just needed to take control and I needed to do a better job of educating my couples so that I was answering less emails. So that meant Setting aside time, which I'm going to talk about in later in this episode, setting aside important time to address those problems, creating email templates, doing things like answering their questions in blog posts and educating them on the phone, answering as many questions as I can up front. And that is my responsibility. Okay. Jeff and I were also really exhausted at one point running our business and we were constantly eating poorly because there was never food in the house. The laundry wouldn't get done for weeks and things were just generally chaotic around our house. And we had no kids at the time and it just wasn't pleasant. So at one point we decided to take control and we started taking Mondays off after the weekends that we would shoot a wedding. And we used those Mondays to live our life and to recover. We went grocery shopping, we meal planned, we did laundry, and we actually started hiring a house cleaner to take care of our house and give ourselves some margin. Now, it was scary to take that weekday off and to pay for a a house cleaner, but we decided to take control of our business and not let the fear of emails going unanswered or of brides not understanding that we were taking time off, which they did. They loved it. And we decided to take control of our time. We gave ourselves permission. Okay, those are just two simple examples of how we were letting our business control our lives for us instead of giving ourselves permission to be in control of our own time. So give yourself permission to choose, okay? Even if it doesn't feel like it, you are ultimately in control of your time, especially if you run your business full-time and you don't work another job for someone else. You are in charge and you must give yourself permission to be in charge. Now, yes, there are certain things that you cannot control. If you do work for someone else, 
then yes, they are in charge of certain aspects of your time. Depending on the job, you need to work certain hours. You need to clock in and clock out, but that is still only a portion of your life. And within those hours, you are still in control of how you show up in those hours. Okay, you control how you do your job. So what I'm really getting at here is just don't let your clients and your inbox and your to-do list determine your time and your life for you. Take charge wherever it is possible for you to take charge. And guys, I know that I'm going on about this, but it's really important because if you do not practice this mindset of permission, then no time management tool will ever work for you. You could try all the strategies. You could buy all of the planners that all went on sale in December and promise this brand new year in January. You could use all the apps to track your time, but they will get you nowhere because you will continue to be a slave to your business instead of the owner of your business. And I am not going to lie to you. This practice of permission is really hard. I refer to these steps as rhythms and as practices for a reason, because I believe you cannot be perfect. And time management is a continuous practice. This is not a one-time thing. You need to practice habits and practice discipline, especially if it's new for you, then it is going to take time to get used to it. Okay. I've been saying this phrase a lot lately um, because it really hit me when I heard it recently. The phrase is, just because something is simple doesn't mean that it's easy. And this rings true 100% for these rhythms of time management that I'm sharing with you. They are simple, but they are not easy, but they are absolutely worth it. So the first rhythm, permission, is give yourself permission to be in control of your own time. Creative Rising is brought to you by Kiss Wedding Books, the album company that Jeff and I trust with all of our wedding albums. You know, there are so many album companies out there, and I think today there's even more than ever, and it's really hard to choose which album company to work with. And I think I'm just really grateful that we've been working with Kiss for so long. It's been almost like 10 years, and we're constantly evaluating other companies and seeing how they're doing. And KISS always blows them out of the water in terms of the quality and the printing. It's the printing that really sets KISS apart from everybody else. And there's so many fun options with KISS. Like they have this option to print your album in this deep matte paper that is gorgeous and I love it. And it makes our images that are so traditional and classic just feel high-end. You can also do the covers in this beautiful linen or leather. And I love all the pretty, beautiful options that just make me come alive as a photographer. And when you sit down with these books in a meeting with any of our clients, we instantly look so elevated to our couples because we're offering this product that is gorgeous, that's quality, and it's going to last a really long time. Yeah, and the thing that um, is really cool that they just came out with is the styling mats, which we've been using at every wedding, and we forgot them at one wedding, and we were like... (gasps) 
what are we going to do? But these are just basically, it's the same material that they make their covers out of that they roll up into this tube and you can lay them out and you can um, photograph all the details, the rings, the invites, um, the shoes, all that stuff on a really pretty consistent background. And they're including that in their sample kits now, which is really cool. I know, that's amazing. So right now you can get half off the sample kit and not only do you get your own sample album with your images on the inside, but it comes with a styling mat. And so at your next wedding, you can get beautiful details in whatever getting ready room you're in. Right now, Kiss Wedding Books is giving Creative Rising listeners, that's you, half off of their Getting Started kit. And this kit includes everything you need to start selling Kiss Wedding albums in your business. It includes things like a complete swatch set, paper samples, a linen styling mat that we use to photograph all of our details on at every single wedding, and the kit includes $250 to use towards your very own sample album. So you can get a sample with all of your own work on the inside so you can actually start selling albums to your clients. Now, the price of this kit is normally $300, but if you go to creativerising.com forward slash kiss, you'll get half off of that price. And that is an incredible deal. You'll spend $150 to get $250 in credit. So go to creativerising.com forward slash kiss. That's creativerising.com forward slash K-I-S-S. The second rhythm of time management that I use is called accounting and curating. Okay, this is a two-parter, but I keep it under the same rhythm because it is two sides to the same coin. This is where you decide what you're actually going to do with your time. Jeff and I have had a transformational life coach named Julia Woods. Her business is Beautiful Outcome, and you can hear her on episodes in season one of Creative Rising. Listen to episode 103, and you'll hear all about the genius that is Julia Woods. But the first thing that she had Jeff and I do when we started coaching with her was this certain exercise. And this exercise was before we had our son, but we did have... Um, our studio with our three brands and our big team and our staff of photographers that works for us right now. So she had us take a calendar, like a physical calendar, and write out all of the things that we wanted to do in our personal life and put it on the calendar. So this would be things like exercise or prayer and meditation or hanging out with friends or date nights or vacations and travel. And then once all of those things were in place, Then we got to see what hours were left for the business, and that's what the business got. And it totally flipped the script for both of us, okay? We realized that that is how you create a business that supports your life instead of a business that takes over your life. So often, we spend all of our time and energy crafting an amazing business, right? But we neglect to do the same thing for our life. So I want to challenge you to do this type of exercise. I want you to create your life first. And I know that I said this episode was going to be all about business, but it is all about business because you need to create your life first in order to create a business that is going to support it, right? So this is the accounting part. 
I want you to take full account of what you would most love to do with your time outside of your business. And this should be a fun and wild brainstorm. And I do not want you to think about what's actually possible with your time. Okay, don't think about the hours that you have in a week. Just think about desire. Do you want to take a dance class? Do you want to travel? Do you want to spend more time with your kids or your friends or your spouse? Do you want to get into spiritual practices like meditation or prayer or going to church or whatever that spiritual life looks like for you? Okay, take an account of everything you would love to do without thinking about how you're going to do it. Then once you have that beautiful list, then you need to curate. probably create a list that is way too long to actually be possible, right? If you actually did all of the things that you wrote down, you would be exhausted and you would be burned out. Okay. They would not be life-giving things for you. It would just be too much. Okay. My husband is an Enneagram seven. Jeff is one of those personalities that believes that more is always better. He wants to do it all. In fact, I can never send him to Costco by himself. If you guys know Costco, they sell everything in bulk. Like one time we needed syrup that was on our grocery list. So he decided to go to Costco to get syrup and Costco sells syrup in two gallon jugs. And so he brought it home and I was like, great, we have two gallons of syrup. And it took us like a year to go through one of them. And so I just threw away the other jug when we were moving. So I'm like, there's no way we can actually use all of this syrup. Well, it's the same with our time, right? We have a limited amount of time. So we need to take that list and we need to make some decisions. This is where we get to prioritize. Now, that word, priority, I actually really don't like that word priorities because I feel like it's a little bit overused and it's become unattainable. It's a little like the word balance. It doesn't really mean much anymore because we use it so often. For Jeff, it is actually really hard for him to prioritize because that word makes him feel like he needs to maximize and he needs to do the most important thing possible and it paralyzes him. So instead of using the word priorities, he really likes using the word curating. So I want to offer that as a word for you to use instead. So let's curate your time. What are the things on your list that you can do with your time that will help you show up in life the way that you want to show up? Okay, so how do you want to show up? That's the important question there. Well, there are a lot of ways to figure that out. What is your vision for your life? How do you want to show up? But there's one question that I really like and that helps me a lot in figuring out this question of how I want to show up. The question is, ask yourself, what are you not willing to fail at in your life? I know for me, I am not willing to fail at being a great mom to James. I am not willing to fail at my marriage to Jeff. And I am absolutely not willing to fail my own self, as in my own physical body and my own spiritual soul. Okay, I will not fail myself. So those are the things that I will fight for the most. So that helps me inform what on my list will help me be successful at those things. Okay, 
So it is extremely important for me to be a great mom. So that means that I want to spend time with my son. And I know that being with him gives me the space and the margin to be the mother that I want to be. However, I have also discovered that being a full-time mother is exhausting. And when I'm with him full-time, then I start not being the mom that I want to be. So that helped me determine my work schedule, that working part-time for me is a great balance. So I work two full days a week, and then I get up early in the morning, Monday through Friday, and I work from 6 a.m., to 8.30 a.m. And that has been a wonderful rhythm for me in this last season of life. And then I want to be successful at my marriage. So Jeff and I do a date night every week. Now, those date nights are making dinner at home after uh, after James rather goes to bed and we sit down across the table from each other and we look each other in the eye and we just connect. So they're not these big, crazy date nights. We don't go out to dinner. We don't do, don't, We don't go do all the things that we used to do, but this works so well for us at this season of life. And then as far as my own physical self and my spiritual self, I love uh, meditation and spiritual practice and exercise. So I do yoga and that helps me serve my physical self. Now I can only do it once a week, but for me, that is enough based on where I am at in my life. All right. Along with that, I also want you to consider what are your non-negotiables with your time? So these are the things that you are not willing to do. Like one of my non-negotiables is that I will not work on weekends, okay, except for weddings. Obviously, I will shoot weddings on weekends, but outside of that, I will not answer emails. I will not edit photos or anything like that on nights and weekends, okay? Now, there will be seasons of hustle. Every year, there are things that need to get done, and so I will make exceptions. I'm not puritanical about it, but I will create a schedule that sets me up for success so that I can stay committed to my non-negotiables. So for you, it may be never taking your laptop on vacation, or you commit to never doing your work while you're hanging out with your kids, okay? Those are the kinds of things that I'm talking about. What are the intentional daily, weekly, and monthly rhythms that help you become the person that you ultimately want to become? So that's the rhythm of accounting and curating. And again, it is a practice. It's something that I revisit all the time. Like every six weeks to three months, I'm revisiting our schedule. Like, okay, is this working for us now? Does it need to shift? Does it need to change? And that helps me keep tabs on what I'm doing with my time and how I am showing up. The first rhythm is permission. The second rhythm is accounting and curating. And the last rhythm is boundaries. So we are going from big and abstract ideas to getting more and more concrete with everything. If you know me, that's how my brain works. I tend to start with these big abstract ideas and I break them down and I bring them down into reality to make them all make sense. Once you have curated the things that you want to do with your time, then you need to create boundaries around those things and you need to protect those boundaries. We're getting into the nuts and bolts of this whole thing right now, okay? If you think of this whole thing as a house, 
then the foundation of the house is the permission mindset, okay? Everything has to be rooted in that mindset or else the entire house is going to be shaky or it's going to simply collapse on you. The accounting and curating is deciding which rooms are going to be in the house and then you're building the frames of those rooms, okay? Now, boundaries are putting walls and doors on those rooms. And these boundaries is about knowing when those doors are open and when those doors are shut and allowing yourself to be in one single room and no other room at the same time. Because guess what? You cannot be in two rooms at once. And I'm talking like real life, like not metaphor. I'm talking about real life. You physically cannot be in one room and physically be in another room at the same time. You have to be in one place. The only way you can kind of get around it is like standing in a doorway. But even then, you're standing in two different rooms and you're not fully in one room and fully in another. Okay. And yet we treat life as though we can be in four rooms all at the same time, okay? That's called multitasking. And multitasking ultimately does not get you to where you want to go. It is incredibly inefficient, okay? Multitasking looks like when we're with our kids, but in reality, we're actually answering an email on our phone, and then we realize we need to text a friend about brunch, and then we remember, oh man, I need to put milk on the grocery list. And then before I know it, I'm at the park with my kid and he's sitting there eating sand and he's falling off the slide, right? Not that that's ever happened, but you know, if you, if you know, you know. So what if we treat our life as though we are standing in one room only and you cannot be in another room at that same time? What if when you're with your kids, you are with your kids? And when you're with a friend for coffee, you are with them at coffee. You're not posting to Instagram or answering emails or checking your texts. Okay? This is called presence. Presence is the opposite of multitasking. And presence doesn't just happen. We need to set ourselves up for success in order to be present. So how can we handle our email in a way that means we don't have to be answering emails when we're with our kids, or we don't have to cancel a date night because there's just too much editing to do? So that's what I'm going to talk about now. How do we set ourselves up so that we can be where we are and be present in the moment that we're in instead of trying to get all things done at all times? Within my work, I use this idea of boundaries, and it looks a lot like time blocking. But the way that I do it, it isn't like the typical time blocking that I hear about a lot. Okay, When I say time blocking, I don't mean schedule out your entire workday down to the actual minute. Okay, like I don't mean that I want you to schedule 30 minutes for email here and then one hour for, you know, quote, marketing after that and then one hour of sales work after that and then 15 minute break and then five minutes for coffee. And then that kind of time blocking to me is not sustainable. Okay, as an entrepreneur, every single day is different, right? We all know that. So I can't stick to that kind of concrete schedule every single day in my business. I need more flexibility and I need more margin than that. So instead, I create larger time blocks. 
and I create just a few different kinds of boundaries in my work. All right, these three time blocks that I use are time to work on my business, time to work in my business, and time to be free in my business. So let me walk you through all three of those time blocks, okay? The first one is time to work on my business. A number of years ago, I incorporated this thing that I've come to call focus time, and this is not something that I came up with. There are so many different versions of this same exact thing. Like, I love Amy Porterfield. I listen to her podcast, Online Marketing Made Easy. You should totally check it out. But she calls this same thing tiger time, and she calls it tiger time because it's time that she protects like a tiger protects its cave, Okay. Focus time is your time to do important work and only important work, okay? No one and no thing can interrupt this time, all right? Phone, emails, texts, messages, kids, spouses, business partners, everything gets shut off and gets shut out of this time because it is time you set aside to do the important work that you most need to get to. Now, What do I mean by important work? Important work is the work that is important, but it is not urgent. But it is the stuff that if you do it, it will move the needle in your business and it will drive everything forward. But it's not urgent. So it's the things that you never get to. And as I say that, I know that you are immediately thinking of that thing in your business that has been on the back burner for so long, and you know you need to get to it, but you haven't gotten to it. I have those things as well, okay? This important work is usually deeper think work, like rebranding your website, changing your pricing, researching a new album company, implementing a whole new editing workflow, figuring out your asset management strategy, how you're backing up your images, okay? This focus time is when you get to do all of those things, when you work on your business. Now, what I've learned in the 13 years of running my own business is that unless you intentionally make time for this work, it is absolutely never going to happen. When I first learned about how to do focus time, I think it was back in 2016, within six months of starting this practice, I researched, validated, created, and launched my very first online course for photographers, Discover Your Ideal Client. And I did it while running our studios and shooting weddings. Now, I didn't have a kid at the time, but that practice is the thing that has served me so well now that I do have a kid, okay? That focus time is my morning work time. That's 6 a.m. to 8.30 a.m. Okay, Jeff takes care of James and his morning routine, and so they get to spend quality time together, and I get up earlier before both of them, and I get to do my focus time early in the morning before anyone is at work and messages start coming in, okay? And this focus time is going to look different for everybody based on your business, based on your life, based on your life stage. Maybe you only implement two hours of tiger time a week, okay? But I promise you that if you start doing that, you will see huge results in your business. Maybe you have all the time in the world and you can have tiger time every single morning for four hours. That's amazing, okay? It's going to look different for everybody. But there's one thing that I will say. 
you need to do focus time at least every two weeks, and it needs to be at least a two-hour chunk of time because I think that it takes time to get into that focus and get out of that focus in order to get some meaningful work done. A really interesting book on this topic is Deep Work by Cal Newport, and that is going to help you tremendously with implementing this focus time. I love Cal Newport. He is amazing. All right, that is the first time block, time to work on your business. The next big time block is time to work in your business, okay? This is the time that you do all of the things that you just need to do to make your business run. Okay, this is when you do emails. This is when you go on shoots. This is when you edit your images or book new clients. This is the important work that is actually urgent. I call this time flow time because this is when you're working on anything that has to do with a workflow in your business, okay? When you're answering emails or you're taking care of clients or you're booking or you're working on editing images, all of those things take place in a workflow, right? They're day-to-day operations that happen in your business. So that's why I call it flow time. And this time for me is those two full work days, which currently are Wednesdays and Fridays, but those two days shift and change based on my childcare situations. But what you need to know is that this flow time, this time to do all the day-to-day workflows will be the bulk of your time. Okay. You are going to be spending the most time in your business on this flow time. So decide when this kind of work needs to happen. For a lot of people, afternoons are not great for the deep focus time. And so that's when they're doing a lot of stuff that's workflow time. So figure out what that looks like for you. So the first time block, time to work on your business, is focus time. The second time block, time to work in your business, is your flow time. And the final time block is time to be free in your business. This is where you get to create margin and freedom. A lot of us decided to run our own business because we want freedom, right? We do not want anyone else telling us what to do. We don't want to have a boss. We don't want to have to clock in and clock out. We want to have the freedom to work where we want and when we want, okay? But what happens is that when our business starts doing well and we start getting really busy, this business that was supposed to give us freedom begins to trap us, right? We become chained to our laptops and our clients and our customers get really demanding and we find ourselves right back in the same place as when we worked for someone else. Only this time, Our boss is the business that we created. This is why I don't like time blocking that gets really, really super detailed. I do not like scheduling every single minute of my workday because that schedule becomes my boss and it makes me feel trapped. I like to allow for flexibility and freedom. So once you know when you're going to work on your business, which is the most important time you'll ever give your business and you've decided when you're going to work in your business, then I want you to decide to set aside some hours that you get to be free in your business. This is time that can change on a moment's notice, and it can meet the demands of whatever life throws at you that week or that day. And I call this free time, I call it flex time. 
okay? In other words, if a friend calls you up randomly for a coffee in the middle of the day, I want you to be able to say yes if you want to say yes. That's why we own our own business. If you want to take an afternoon and you want to take yourself on an artist date and you want to go do something fun and creative, then I want you to be able to do that. That is what this flex time is for. It's hours that normally you'll work, but if you decide not to work, it's okay. If you decide to do something else, that's totally fine. And you've given yourself the freedom to do that. Your focus time should not be flexible, okay? If someone calls you up for coffee during focus time, first of all, you're not going to answer the phone because your phone is going to be on do not disturb, but you'll know, okay, I can go to coffee this afternoon because that's my flex time. Your flow time working in your business is also pretty inflexible because you have to get emails and you have to get editing done, right? And I have childcare during my two full days that I work. So I'm going to honor the fact that someone else is watching my kid and I am going to get work done during that time. But my flex time is when James is napping during the week. So most of the time on all the days that I'm not working my full days, I usually work while James is napping. But if the weekend was crazy and I'm exhausted and I just need to catch up on life, then I'll use James's naps to clean the house or do laundry or I'll sit and read a good book or I'll journal or I'll take a really long shower or sometimes I'll just nap. Okay, whatever feeds my body and my soul, that is my flex time. And the best part is that I already got work done because I had my focus time that morning. So I don't feel like I'm behind if I use that flex time to do something else, okay? This is how my business supports my life. Remember, I'm not willing to fail at taking care of myself. And this flex time is how my business actually supports that goal in real practical terms. So those are the three big time blocks that I use. Time to work on my business, focus time, time to work in my business, flow time, and time to be free in my business, flex time. Now, the last thing that I want to say about this time blocking is that in order for any of these time blocks to actually work is it requires discipline and it requires practice. Now, I want to acknowledge that for me, I have discovered that I do really well on consistency, routine, and structure. I'm more naturally gifted at compartmentalizing. So this has come a little bit more easily to me. Now, I do want to say that it took me a long time to realize this about myself, and it has taken a long time for me to figure out how to create this structure and to get in the habit of it. So it still wasn't super easy, even though I am more naturally gifted at compartmentalizing. And I am more gifted at structure and routine. Now, Jeff, on the other hand, is a personality that does not naturally love routine. In fact, it totally turns him off. Routine to him feels like a big fat trap. And I know that there are a lot of artists out there and a lot of personalities that are listening to this right now and feel the same way. They're like, Aaron, seriously, come on. I'm not going to force myself into a routine because it feels suffocating. I get that. For Jeff, it has been a matter of shifting his mindset to understand that boundaries are not a trap, but they have allowed him to gain freedom from chaos. Chaos was actually the trap. 
the not knowing what he was working on when, the lack of focus, the lack of clarity, that is the real trap. And that you can get stuck in that and you can spin your wheels for a long time and not move your business forward. So if you're in a place where you're wondering, is what I'm doing really working? Then these time blocks are worth a shot. And I really believe that these time blocks give you more space and give you more margin within that structure and within those boundaries, okay? Within these big time blocks, you still get to choose what tasks you do with your time. So you can still go down your menu of to-do list for the day and say, what do I feel like working on right now? What feels the most life-giving for me today? But you're still limiting yourself to a certain category of tasks. So when it's time to work on your business during that focus time, you can still work on those projects that are the most life-giving for you, but they're going to move your business forward because you're actually getting to them. But creating those boundaries around those time blocks is what is the most important thing. You need to be disciplined about holding to those boundaries and to be in the practice of committing to that time. All right. So the next step from here is to do these three things. First, take an account of all of the things that you most want to do with your time. Okay. Get creative and have fun with it. Second, curate that list and choose the items that are the most important to you. Consider what your non-negotiables are and make sure that you are designing the life that you really want. Third, create boundaries around your time. Use a weekly calendar and create blocks for your time and schedule out when you think you can do your focus time. Remember, they need to be at least two hours long and you should do focus time at least every other week, if not every single week, okay? Do focus time as much as you can and then decide what is going to be your flow time when you're just working on the day-to-day tasks of your business. And then decide what hours are going to be flex time when you can have fun and be free in your business, okay? That's the third step is to schedule out and decide what those different time blocks are going to be throughout your week. All right, friends, those are the three rhythms that I use for time management. The first rhythm is permission. The second rhythm is accounting and curating. And the third rhythm is boundaries, creating those time blocks for myself. I hope that this episode is so incredibly useful for you here in this new year. I know that you have so many goals that you are going after in the year 2020, and I'm so proud of you for going after those goals. So I challenge you to structure your time using these rhythms so that you can create space for that important work that is not urgent, but will move your business forward. That is the key right there that has moved our business forward over these 13 years that we've been wedding photographers. Thank you guys so much for listening to Creative Rising. And if you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review and share this episode with friends that you know will benefit from this as well. You guys are the heart and soul of Creative Rising. So make sure to subscribe to future episodes that are coming out in season three. There are so many cool episodes that I have lined up for you guys. I have an episode 
all about how we run our sales meetings with our couples, the questions that we ask and the structure that we use to talk about pricing so that we get dreamy couples to sign their contracts on the dotted line with us every single time. That episode is coming up in season three, so make sure to subscribe. Love you guys lots and I will see you soon. 